Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. This is your Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening. Welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons Live. My name is Fergus. I'm your host. Um, unfortunately, we don't have Richard, which we said on our Twitter feed Richard was going to join us tonight, but uh, he's taking the last advantage of uh, before the Northeast goes into lockdown and he's gone playing five-a-side football. And he said they. He asked for an excuse to be uh, to be pardoned, uh, but we do have our staunch regular um, uh, Captain Birdseye himself. Hello, Fergus. I'm all right. Hello, boys. Hello, everybody. Fergus just said to me, "I'm not allowed to be a rebel tonight." So, guess what? I'm going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Also joined from the same old Arsenal, joined from Team Talk, joined from Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's uh, the original one of one of uh, well, you start you started it all here, Dan, didn't you? So um, uh, yeah, Dan Potts, how are you? Uh, Let's take you off mute. I'll tell you how he is. He's muted. I'm good, mate. There's something uh, buzzing around my head. That was all. Sorry. I'm all right now. It's no, gone no, out. No. I've killed it. I'll man up. I'll man up and get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 You you mentioned it on Same Old Arsenal last night. You put it on Twitter uh, and you've been digging me out big time for being a big girl's blouse over the massive hornet that I did have. Um, actually, I should have sent you the picture, and you could have stuck it up on my my, my computer's not good oh, yeah, To be honest, I did see the picture of it, and that was a monster of a hornet, mate. It, it That's definitely a hornet. That wasn't a fly or a wasp or a bee. I'll give you that. But um, that was funny, mate. Did I laugh? The, the windows are <laughs> the windows are closed, and no Troy Deenies will be entering this office tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So, listen. Um, first of all, uh, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, but I'd also like to thank, uh, sorry, just let me get this up on my phone, uh, have the up-to-date figures. I'd like to thank the 253 subscribers that we have on uh, YouTube, the 4,273 Facebook followers, the 722 Twitter followers, and even Instagram, which we don't do very much on, because uh, I don't know how to use it properly. Um, we have 135 on there. So thank you very much for joining us tonight and uh, get your comments in the chat and join in with us. Guys, um, we're going to look at the Liverpool games. It's it's like a, you know, it's it, it's we're in between the liver birds at the moment. We, we, we had Liverpool on Monday. We've got Liverpool tomorrow night. So, you know, it seems like Wednesday night is the, the, the right night to do it. Um, Dan... Trev, Mem was on here and he was possibly going to join us tonight. Um, we all were very, very excited. Uh, some apprehension, Trev, you didn't have any. Um, some apprehension uh, with some of us about uh, the game on Monday night. And it was more about finding out, like, you know, what our expectations were, how, how, how we thought it was, it was going to be a barometer to see how far Mikel Arteta um, had brought this squad. Trev, did it excite you? You know, what? did you... Go on. <laughs> Go on. Of course it excited me, Fergus. What a silly question to start with. It excited me and it angered me. 
It angered me, Fergus. <clears throat> Some of the things I've seen since on social media are downright appalling. I've seen the Arsenal team called abysmal, pathetic. The only thing that's abysmal and pathetic is the people that put them comments on about the Arsenal, right? We, we are... <clears throat> We ain't as good as Liverpool at the moment, but we're getting closer by the day, right? We've got a limited team with limited ability and Arteta is getting the best possible out of them. And I, I, I never thought I'd say this for a while, but on, an, on another night, on another night, with a bit of luck going the other way, we, we beat Liverpool. We beat Liverpool. How that bloke Mane stays on the pitch, I don't know. He should have been we'll booked before he punched Tierney in the face, Right. Lacazette, everyone's saying about him missing, right? But didn't the goalkeeper stand up and do well, eh? The goalkeeper stood up, spread himself wide, and he made Lacazette work. So am I negative? Am I down? Am I L? I'm looking forward to Thursday night when we go back and we have another go at them. We're in a different game on a different night, and there's no reason why the result can't change. So, no, I'm not. I'm angry with, with how the game panned out outside of what the football was. Because we should have been playing a, a 10 men from very early in the game. But apart from that, no, Fergus, I'm not upset with the result. We've, I'm upset with the result, not upset with the performance. I can still see improvements. Good. We will cover some of those topics that you brought up on there. Dan, did we live up to or exceed your expectations? Well, first of all, I wasn't actually excited for the game. I was quite relaxed going into it. And the reason I say that is because, well, two reasons really. One, we've done well against them the last few times we played them and we were on form, the form team. But the other reason was everybody around us is crumbling. They're dropping like flies. So we could go into that game relaxed because we look okay. And we still looked okay. There were a few weak links on the pitch and there was a couple of bad games from some of the lads on the night. But overall, I didn't think we were a terrible, terrible side. What I saw was a fantastic side in Liverpool, by the way. And I saw the champions who I think will definitely retain that title because looking around them at the moment, there isn't much competition. I personally feel that with Liverpool, Thiago Silva, uh, Thiago Silva, Thiago uh, Cantara, by the way, is going to give them just what they need. Uh, and Diogo Jota is also going to give them just what they need. So this is a fantastic side. Did they kind of exceed my expectations? No. But what I was hoping was a performance and a kind of uh, performance that, or a system, should I say, that is set up to do exactly what Arteta wants. Now, in some respects, he got it wrong. Some people have said, but I actually put it down to to class. And I said that we were outclassed and a lot of people disagreed and said, we wasn't outclassed. I'm not having it. Absolute nonsense. But we were. They've got better fullbacks than us. They've got a better wingers than us. And all four of them were absolutely outstanding on the night. And the biggest compliment I can give this Arsenal team was Jurgen Klopp's interview afterwards. He said, they're the team on form and we knew we had to be our absolute best to beat them. That says it all. When is the last time a top side has said that about Arsenal coming to their place? We have to be at our best to beat Arsenal. They haven't said that for ages. So we're going in the right position, boys. Let's be let's be good about it. Let's be positive. You know, what we saw on there, some of it may have upset us. Some of it may frustrate us. But I'm not having it with, with getting negative because what I saw is improvement and progress. And that's what I've seen from, I would say, let's have a look at the last six months. Where we've come from and to. We should be happy, boys. I, and, and that does make me excited. So I wasn't going into this game excited, but I've left it fairly excited because for Jamie Carragher and Jurgen Klopp to turn round and start taking Arsenal seriously, we haven't heard that for the last 10, 15 years. 
Um, you probably won't remember this, Dan, from the 1980s, but um, there was a band <laughs> called Crazy Top um, who, who liked rod cars. And uh, in Ireland, we used to go, every knacker's crazy about a high ace fan because uh, uh, they had a song called Every Every Girl's Crazy But a Sharp Dressed Man, but they all had nice beards. And Ross has made a comment in those three beards, ZZ Top. So we are the ZZ tell Top. Russ, tell Russ to get his uh, phone fixed. I've missed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've asked him on on, on Monday and he didn't reply. I've asked him on a couple of times and he's ignoring us, really. That's what he's doing. I, I, yeah, I, he uh, reckons he's dropped his phone down the loo, but he's ignoring us, really, isn't he? <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't laughing at you, by the way, halfway through you talking then, Dan. I saw Russ's comment pop up and it made me giggle, mate. So That's all right, I mate. I wasn't <laughs> laughing at you, pal. Listen, let's look at some of the, the things within the game itself. Um, uh, Trev already mentioned about the Mane foul. Like Mane had already fouled Bellerin at the start of um, uh, at the start of uh, uh, well, just before he made the foul on Tierney, and that in itself it was a bit of a fumble and everything else. And uh, you know, but I, that could have been a yellow card in itself. Um, the foul on Tierney, for me, how VAR didn't get involved. Um, and how the referee didn't, you know, even go to linesman or whatever. Um, is that me, Trevor? Is that Fergus? I, I think it's Fergus, Dan. Shall we just talk and ignore him? Yeah, bit? we'll wait for him to come back. Yeah. What did you make of the Mane thing, yeah. Trev? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dan. I'll tell you about that, mate. <laughs> Do you no, know what? No. Right, Sorry, guys. My, my, my Are internet... we still talking? My, my my internet is just absolute dog shit here at the minute. I don't know why. I, I, I've been working at home for the last seven months and somebody rang the doorbell and I got one of those ring doorbells and it just knocked out my internet. So <laughs> apologies <laughs> for that. But what I was saying was... Let me it, double glazing, mate. Double glazing salesman. They're a nightmare, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> um, but the... the, the um, the first the first foul on Bellerin should have been a yellow card. The second foul on um, on Tierney, in my view, was a, a straight red. He had a clenched fist. He punched him in the side of the face, and he did get a yellow card. But Jesus, that should have been that should have been should have been a red card. Thoughts, uh, Dan? Go first. Well, I'll let Trev go first because as you went off, I actually asked him a question about mine, and he was just halfway through it when you jumped in. Okay. So I'll let okay. Trev carry on. Go on, Trev. <laughs> Enough words, Fergus. Keep your nose out a minute, pal. We're having a chat here, right? <laughs> Listen. We, He's uh, been a rebel. He's been a rebel, Fergus. He's been a rebel. <laughs> Fergus, you're exactly right, son. Marnay had left a bit on, on Bellerin before that, right? And I was sitting there thinking to myself, he's, he's been a lucky boy there. It's only because it's early in the game. He's escaped to yellow there. Then two minutes later, he doesn't actually, he doesn't fall into... Tierney, he doesn't jump and catch him with his elbow. He blatantly leans a foot towards him, clenches his fist and puts it in his face, right? Now, if I'm honest, my confidence in VAR up until that moment this season had been increased, right, slightly, because I thought to myself, well, that you've got to take the handball rule out of VAR, right? Because the, the handball, the refs are doing what they've been told to do, VAR or no VAR, that is the decision that's got to be made according to the lawmakers. But VAR this year, I thought, well, they, they, the refs are going to the screens, they're taking their time, they seem to be making a few more correct decisions. But after that, after watching that, 
I'm back at ground zero with it, mate. I'm back at zero with it because how how the VAR ref hasn't just buzzed him up and said, go and have a look at it on the touchline. I think he deserves more than a yellow, especially when they can buzz him up when the ball hits a poor player on the back of the arm from behind and he can't see it coming and give a penalty. I do not understand why VAR's not. The only reason I think VAR didn't step in is Mike Veen was the VAR. Mike Dean was the VAR ref. That's the only reason I can think why he's not stepped in there. But it was absolutely talking as a football. I know people are going to say you're an Arsenal fan. You're going to say that. But talking as a football fan, not an Arsenal fan, if I'd have seen that happen to any club with any player apart from Tottenham, I would have said that was wrong. It was abysmal, absolutely abysmal, and it's shocking. And it it was up there with Riley when we lost our 49 game unbeaten run, right? It was up there with that. It was that blatantly wrong. Um, I was shocked by it, Fergus. Shocked that he, that was. I, I was waiting for up to 30 seconds after he punched him. I was sitting there looking at him, thinking, right, I'm just waiting now. Any second now, the ref's going to blow his whistle and give it a big square box and go and have a look at that. I was 100% certain it was coming, and it didn't, and it, it shocked me greatly. It made my beard go grey. I was that shocked. I'm not happy. I, 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 was, I was sitting in uh, my local pub, and uh, there were some very qualified people who know a lot about football um, sitting there as well in, in, in our groups of several sixes. Um, and, Did you feel out of place then? Yeah, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but he came along and said, "No, it's never, it's never." He just pushed them off. He's an ex Premier League defender, uh, so he's going to he's going to think that. And uh, you know, you know. It, and I turned around and said to him, "In this day and age," and I was waiting like you for VAR to kick in. Um, I I thought it just straight red, straight red. Dan, thoughts on 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 Manish, uh, two fouls. Well, I, I'm shocked. I mean, I said last season that VAR stands for Very Awful Refereeing and uh, I've just been proven right again, really. I mean, it's it's that poor. You look at the decision of that elbow and you think to yourself, how is that not a red card? And I, I sat there watching it with my dad and I thought, uh, I'm confused now then. I don't understand it. You know, Big Steve makes a great point in the comments about uh, Kieran Gibbs against Everton the other week. You know, this, you see that and then you see the Mane one completely chalk and cheese decisions, but they're the same sort of incident, I, even worse for me, for Mane. So I don't quite understand what we're looking at or what we're supposed to be looking at. And the one thing I don't understand and still don't understand, nobody can answer me, is why that didn't go to VAR. Why did mm. it not go to VAR? Nobody can say, well, it's obvious because they can't. Nobody gets it. You know, 95 Winston there just says, did VAR look at that? Nobody knows why they did not go to VAR, but it didn't. Um, is it because it was the fourth minute? Is it because it's at Anfield? Is it because it's Liverpool? We still don't know. Well, All it, I know it, is this. The, at Anfield, thing, the at Anfield thing shouldn't really matter because the crowd has no influence. Because that, 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 that's Who where... the VAR ref, boys? Do we know? Uh, Mike Dean. Oh, super. No, was I, it really? Was it yeah. really, Mike Dean? Yeah. I was only guessing. No, no, no. I was only guessing. Surprise. It, it, Surprise. It Surprise. There you go. And I tell you what, if it was Luis or Chaka, it would have been a red. I'll tell you that now then. If it was Mike Dean, it would have been. Yeah, that is disgraceful. Mike Dean, if you ever get to watch this, that was the worst decision I've ever seen on a football field or off a football field or attached to a football field. Mike Dean, resign now. The old man is saying, resign. 
Right. Okay. Um, Trev, you pointed on some uh, points about our fan base um, at the start. I'll tell you of... what, Mike Dean, it's lights out. Look, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was both arms going up there, Trev. Was that the camera? I couldn't work out where I was going, Dad. <laughs> uh, uh, Trev, you, you mentioned that in your in your uh, opening uh, sort of gambit that um, you talked about the fan base, and the fan base have seriously jumped on the bandwagon about Leno, Martinez. We sold the wrong keeper, etc., uh, etc. Et Listen. I'll put my cards on the table. I personally was a bigger fan of Martinez or Martinez, whatever you want to go, boys. Um, Martinez over Leno. Um, Leno made some fantastic saves in that game. But was he at fault for the first goal, do you think, Trev? Look, right, according to our, according to our fan base, Fergus, I'm telling you for now, for the rest of this season, Leno will somehow be at fault for nearly every goal we give away and the call for Martinez will go out again, right? Now, if you want me to be honest, if you want me to be really honest, I thought that at the back end of last season, our defence looked a little bit more comfortable with Martinez behind them. That's my thoughts Great. on it, right? But we haven't got Martinez. It's not helped that Martinez has had a brilliant start at Villa, by the way, but we knew he would do because he's a good goalkeeper. We've chosen Leno. What we don't need to be doing, not us, but what the bigger fan base don't need to be doing is getting on Leno's back every week after every game in any little way. Because Leno will see these things and he will read these things and the pressure will build and eventually he will make a mistake and, and it'll, be, it'll be partly our fault. So what we've got to do is, as Arsenal fans, we've got to say, Leno's our goalkeeper. And we support him. And we sing. We need Ben Bennett to, to, to make up a song with, about Leno, you know. Um, Leno did. Uh, Leno had a good game. Leno, Leno kept us in the game. Uh, fought for the first goal? I don't think so. I think he's parried it, you know, and, and it, it could go anywhere. But I, I'm not going to call Leno out. I, it ain't happening, boys. Not Dan, happening. Dan, he's our goalkeeper. Dan, Dan, footballers and in particular goalkeepers, because they're a weird sort of um uh type of football uh football player my mom my, my daughter's boyfriend is um is a goalkeeper and they're nuts he ended up nearly dying after playing a game of football from getting tackled on a on a set piece and punching his lung with two ribs and everything else they're psycho uh keepers but they must feed on confidence and you know Martinez is on on a crest of a wave after having a good eight games, I think, eight ten games with with um, with Arsenal, uh, and now he's gone to Villa. Had a little bit of a lucky escape against Fulham, where a goal was disallowed. Do you think all this criticism that it will affect Leno, or you know, what's your thoughts on it? I think he has the potential to affect Leno. I do, and the reason I say that is because he's it's eyes of a hawk, isn't it, on Leno? Eyes of a hawk now. Any times he drops a ball, oh, he's rubbish. Get Martinez back in. Mayo, he picked the wrong goalkeeper. Sold the wrong goalkeeper. People have short memories. Two years ago, for two years now, running, he has been our most consistent performer. Yeah. Some would say better than Aubameyang. Some would say behind Aubameyang. It's arguable. He has been so good for Arsenal. Yeah. A player comes in for 10 games, who's been exceptional, by the way, in Martinez, and decides to say, I would like to leave because you can't guarantee me first team football. 
What do we do? Hate on the keeper that's pushed him out. Why? Why would we do that? That's what how deluded these Arsenal fans are, is they sit there and they'd rather slate the keeper that's at our club and start sucking up to the one that's now at Aston Villa. Go support Aston Villa then if you want. If you love him that much, go and follow Aston Villa because he doesn't play for Arsenal anymore. We don't still talk about players that have left the club that are currently playing for other clubs, do we? Yeah, we don't sit well, there fondly, and go and now follow... Say again? Not fondly, at least. Not fondly. So why are we all of a sudden deciding that Leno is a poor goalkeeper? Because some people are saying, oh, we're not saying he's poor. We're just saying he's not as good as Martin is. But the, the stuff you're saying is you're telling him he's poor. Oh, he can't catch a ball. He can't command his area. He's not as good with his feet. He can't distribute the ball like Martin is. Let's just get behind the lads. Or if you don't want to get behind him, don't support Arsenal. That's the way I see it. Yeah. Because he's our number one now. So we've got to get behind the lad. If you want to slate him, then what will happen is he'll start dropping balls and he'll start playing howlers. And then we'll have to get this Rudderson in goal or go and buy somebody else. Let's stick with the guy who's been consistently good for two seasons. Martinez was fantastic. But let's not forget that if it wasn't for Leno getting injured, Martinez would be sat in, in the reserve bench warming it up. So Leno getting injured, give Martinez his chance. He's gone to a team which, in my opinion, is going to get relegated anyway in Aston Villa. So Martinez will be back in the championship. Forget about it. Let's go on with Leno. Leno's our number one. Dan, 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 you've you've absolutely nailed that, son. 100% nailed it. That is exactly my thoughts. But I just want to add to it in support of that. You said that Leno's been our most consistent player for the last two seasons. And I agree. Undoubtedly, he has. Not only that, he's been our most consistent player behind a defence that hasn't been performing. Right? He's had nothing in front of him most of the time. He's kept us in that many games, saving that defence, that many games. He, he doesn't deserve any of this bad press he's been getting from the Arsenal fans. He's our goalkeeper. We're Arsenal fans. The past is gone. Leno is back and he's our keeper, our number one. Support him. Well said, Dan. Excellent, mate. Can't, can't disagree with anything you said, Dan. Uh, my only observation was, as much as we saw an upgrade from Petr Cech to Bird Leno in uh, playing out from the back, the sweeper-keeper sort of thing, I thought that our defence and Trev Tabatatsa that looked slightly more confident um, when in the last 10 games of the season um, when Martinez was, was playing for us. But as Steve says, we were in incredible form. Uh, when he took that shirt. So it could have been just the team had just gelled quite well and, and, and worked quite well. And he was he was he was playing in the window. Uh I don't I don't know. I don't know. But he listen, as long as a player is wearing an Arsenal shirt, I'll support them. There's many a player on that pitch that um oh, well there's a couple of players on that pitch that I will do not like. Um but yet again I'll still support them while they're wearing uh, wearing an Arsenal shirt. Uh, Kieran Tierney, Mr. Tesco bag um, did he look fit, Dan? Some would say no. I actually thought he was probably one of the better out of the defenders, if I'm honest with you. Um, however, I think he had a dodgy start to the first half. I think him and Maitland-Niles did, actually. In the first half, the reason they were getting destroyed on that left-hand side was because Naby Keita was that kind of extra man in midfield on that right-hand side. And Laka wasn't dropping on Fabinho. Now... When it comes to kind of the left-hand side, 
Because Laka wasn't dropping on that man, Keita was then moving forward in that right-hand side and making it very difficult for both Maitland-Niles and Kieran Tierney. Now, Kieran Tierney obviously lost his man. He did actually nearly give a penalty away for the goal where he decided to pull Salah and think twice to put his hands up. But apart from that, I thought he got more into the game and grew into it. It's just that we're desperate to play this guy because of our, our worries in defence. I actually think he is one of our better players. Um, he's actually behind Bamiyang, my favourite player. And I think that he's going to be a great, great player for us. I just want to see everyone fit that he can play in his right position because he is a left fullback and he's a bloody good one. Uh, And I want to see that crossing ability from Tierney. And that's what we're currently lacking at the moment, in my opinion. So, Trevor, um, Dan says um, he's a left fullback. Do you think we should... Get the words out. I'm even on the bloody orange juice. Would you believe it? Um, <laughs> maybe that's the problem. Um, the uh, sh- sh- should we go to a back four then to allow him to be a left fullback rather than a wing back, or do we leave him in a back three? No, I'm a firm believer in a back three, me Fergus. Firm believer in a back three. Uh, it, it's, it's how we've played our best football for for a long time now. Long time now. I mean, I read a piece by Tony Adams today and. And he was saying that when Wenger came in, Wenger tried to change it from a three to a four and had to change his mind again. So, no, I'm a firm believer in a back three. Um, my, I am slightly changing my mind on Tierney in that I thought that I liked him on the left of the three, but I think probably Dan's right now. I'll have to change my tune a bit. I think on the left of a back five is where we need to see him. Um, mm-hmm. I think he, he had a bad start to the game. The other night, I think probably because he was still seeing stars from a punch in the chops, like, but he grew into the game. And you've got to remember, you know, we're still learning, we're only like half a season really into a new, a proper coaching manager, half a season into a proper coaching manager with a plan. And any defense that comes up against Salah, Mane, and and Keita are going to struggle. And, and they're good, especially when they're on form. And I thought that I thought Liverpool were on form the other night, so they're all going to struggle. You know, the best defenses. <laughs> what is what? that? Stan's watching. <laughs> oh no, Stan Cronk. If people are listening to the audio, I just want to comment on the YouTube channel saying, "Can you see this?" Well, Stan, we can see it. And excuse my language, but spend some fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, don't worry about spending money, son. Give me a job, please, at the Arsenal, right? I want to be chief chief beer taster, right? <laughs> chief beer taster. And I want uh, to Trev, you've got, a, you've got a chance of getting on the board, son, I reckon. Listen, listen, <laughs> I should listen, do, bring, mate. Bringing this slightly back on topic, you, you said that you prefer him probably in, uh, on the left of a back five, and you said he's, uh, he might have sparks in his eyes from the punch that Mane gave him, but Mane practically walk past him for that first goal. Do you attribute any blame to Tierney, Trev, uh, for that first goal? And then, Dan, you come in and see, see what you, you think. No, I'm not a blame. I'm not apportioning any blame to Tierney. He, he, he got beat by a player and that was it. Like, he's, he's, he's done his best. He's, he's, he's not made a, a mistake. He's got beaten by a player that was, that was playing well. Right? There's a, there's a massive difference. And, and, and you can't just look at one situation and blame someone for it. You've got to look at the bigger picture, Fergus. So, no, I don't blame Tierney. Mr. Cronkey, give him a pay rise, please. I like Mr. Tierney, if you're <laughs> listening, Stanley. All right? So, no, I'm not having none of that. I'm not having him blamed, no. 
I think we love Tierney, don't we? And we want to see him do well and we want to see him get, get even better. I think in a back three, he's been asked to come in and do a job and he's done a much better job than other um, options we've had there. I think the the understanding, I'll just bring up what Tony Fain's gone on about there because I think with the three at the back thing, Ferg, we're going to stay with it because we do not have the tools to play 4-3-3, which is clearly what Arteta wants. Now, if we do get Hossam and Thomas Party, then we could look to go 4-3-3. But at the moment, we just don't have the tools to do so. He likes David Luiz in there. He likes David Luiz in the middle. He likes a right foot on the right and a left foot on the left. So for me, at the moment, Kieran Tierney's going there. Um, and if it gets to the stage where he can play Saliba, Gabriel, some of the other guys in as well, uh, Pablo Marie, when he's back, we've got some options there. But I think 4 3 3 at the moment, just the tools ain't right for it. I just want to uh, come back on a comment that James Powers made uh, about um, in the comments there. Because uh, shout out to James, by the way. It seems like forever since we've had a beer at the Emirates, man. I hope you're well and keeping safe, bruv. Um, Dan, being consistent, but you call out Kalasanach regularly. The reason I call out Kalasanach regularly, and I'm not calling out Leno, I'm, uh, and, and saying that people can't call out Leno, is because the difference is Kalasanach's had bad games. I don't think Leno has had bad games. I really do not think he has. I think I can probably count on one hand in two and a half seasons the amount of bad games he's had. So if people want to call him out on those five games over two seasons, do so. But I can call five games that Kalasanach has had in an Arsenal shirt over his career that have been good. All the others have been dreadful. So I'll call him out when he's been bad. And if he's consistently making the same mistakes, I'll call him out like I will with David Luiz, Mustafi and Granit Xhaka. They're just players that I see consistently making errors that are a liability at this club. Now, I hope that they are moved out and will come on to transfers later, ins and outs, because I don't want to see that in my club. I want to see consistent performers. And I believe that Leno has been up to now a fairly consistent performer. So I just wanted to answer that one because I know James is a good old, good old boy and he won't mind me calling him out on that. So, <laughs> um, Talking about players that we, um, well, I am consistent about this player, um, Hector Bellerin. Uh, <clears throat> I thought personally he was absolutely dreadful. Um, foul throws for, you know, FFS, as they say, you know, <laughs> his positioning uh, was poor. He was way too far up the pitch at some times when he was meant to be in a defensive role. When we played a four at the back, he was guilty of that. Crossing, well, he didn't do any of that. He can't do it anyway. And I think he brought some flack onto Holding for that very, very reason, that Holding was trying to cover his position. Um When, you know, Bellerin was nowhere. He was ball watching at least for one goal. Um, Trev, do you want to come in on that? No, not really. He's, uh, he's, um, I can't work Bellerin out, you know, because when he first came up on the scene, we all thought he was going to be the Arsenal right back for the next 20 years, didn't we? He was a young man and, and doing well. But he, he, he does seem to be dropping off a little bit more every season. Um, we blamed the injury he had three, two or three seasons ago and and, but now he's had a season to get back into it. I, I, I'm careful what I say about Bellerin, but I, I don't think he's, he, he, I don't think he's at the top of his game. And I would, I, I possibly would like to see Anthony Maitland-Niles play on that side. But, but what do we do? The, the thing that confuses me is how a player on however many hundred grand a week can do a foul throw, a foul throw. My four-year-old lad knows that. Grandson knows that. Knows how to throw a ball in. Foul throw in the. You know, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But no, 
Bellerin's not at the top of his game, and it is somewhere we need to, to strengthen, to be honest with you. Hang on a minute, what's that? Oh, yeah, no, I was just yeah. James and Dan making making up together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he confuses me though, Bellerin. Has he got too much going on outside the game? He always seems to have first it was his fashion and his long hair and walking down a catwalk with next to no clothing on. Then that seemed to die definitely got his hair cut. And you're thinking, oh, he's, he's, he's got his mind back on the football. And now he's talking about planting 30 million trees on the planet. Is that now in his head rather than his football? I don't know. Clutching at straws, really, Fergus. Who knows why he's gone off the ball? But he most definitely has, mate, in my opinion. Yeah, and he had two foul throws. And, you know, some people might think only two foul throws. But at this level, Dan, should a professional footballer, as Dan, as Trev said, on nearly, you know, how many millions a year, you know, 100 grand a year, uh, 100 grand a week, sorry, um, should he be making a foul throw like, uh, throw like that? My Irish accent came out there for a second. Well, to make two foul throws in your footballing career is criminal. To do two in the same game is inexcusable. I mean, it gets to the stage where you look at a professional footballer and think that there are parts of their game that can improve. If you can't take a throw on, then you may as well just give up now. And, you know, I saw Bellerin taking two for the worst throw ones I've ever seen and then Pepe coming on and taking two of the worst corners I've ever seen. So I'm looking yeah. at that right-hand side now thinking this is really quite worrying because you look at our left, you've got Tierney, you've got Saka, you've got Maitland-Niles, you can play there. You've got Martinelli to come back. You're still looking at Aubameyang who can play there. And I'm thinking this is really strong, really, really strong. The right, I can't say the same about it. And I'm not going to get into Pepe because I know we on the agenda for later, but I think with Bellerin, I, I think I'd be tempted to get rid of this guy now because he's had eight years at Arsenal. We've had his best time. He's not going to come back fully from that injury, even though he's come out now in the press and said that he's feeling fitter than ever and he's 100% recovered. I can't see that on the pitch. Maitland-Niles, for me, is a better modern-day fullback with all the attributes to be brilliant for Arsenal at 22 years old. I'm looking at them performances for Bellerin and I just think he's he's more uncomfortable on the ball than Maitland Niles. He's not as good as crossing the ball as Maitland Niles. And I don't actually think he's as good as beating a man anymore because Maitland Niles is probably as quick as Bellerin because he's lost some pace. So if it was somebody like PSG or Spain that come in for Bellerin and said, Do you know what? We ain't got much money, but there's 25 million rising to 30 to 35. Would you accept that? I'd say yes. And I play Maitland Niles and I put that money towards a position that we need in either Edouard up front or party if we if we have are, are rumoured not to have agreed with him yet. So I think Bellerin's time could be coming to an end and it wouldn't surprise me if on the last day we saw him leave because I still think there's a there's a place for him to be outside and, and given a, a another kind of new lease of life somewhere else. It, it, it would be a little bit sad because he's come from Hayland Academy. You know, he's... He's got his his London Spanish accent. He's got his he loves London. He absolutely adores Arsenal. He's Arsenal through and through. He should be, in theory, an Arsenal an Arsenal captain uh, on paper. Um, but yeah, no, you mentioned Maitland Niles. I, I thought Maitland Niles was awful on the left. He's not good on the left. He's so much better on the right. And when he's played on the right against Man City and against Chelsea, his players in his pocket, he's big, he's strong. Um, but there's this, I know we're going to talk about transfers. Um, actually, I'll keep that Maitland-Niles bit about the transfers to later, which people will probably have said. But I'd probably put Bellerin, I'd lose Bellerin, but um, Maitland-Niles on the left, and but Saka, or Tierney, depending on which one we're playing, 
on that right hand side. Um, Trev, would would you agree with that, or would you have? <laughs> <laughs> He's just not <laughs> like that. <laughs> Fergus, go, Fergus, go and answer the door, son. Someone's ringing the bell. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, though, Trev? He makes a good point because I've been crying out for Maitland-Niles at right wing back and Saka at left wing back for ages when Tierney's been playing right uh, left centre back, mate. I think he makes a good yeah. point. I think I'd have Maitland-Niles right and Tierney left if everyone was fit. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't want Tierney or Saka on the right. Not a chance. Not a chance. Uh, what, since we've mentioned him, I was going to bring him up a bit, but since we've mentioned him, Dad, I can't work out why Saka's not getting any game time at the moment. I think we were crying out for Saka the other night. Crying out for Saka. I, I, I know what Arteta's done. He's tried to. Go, he's gone defensive with El Nenny and Xhaka and he, and a, and, a, and a back five. But but we're crying out to get get some more game time into that young lad Saka. You know, he's just well, especially when he played brilliantly against Leicester. I thought he might have got a chance at Anfield. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. And, and and then, obviously, I think we're going to come on to it in a bit. And then when you talk about people that are going to open a game up for you, what a difference did Ceballos make? What a difference oh. did Ceballos make, Dan? He was an absolute superstar when he came on the other night. Trying, try, and you, they were all trying, but the difference was you could see that Ceballos has got the skills to open a side up, to really open a side up. And I think he's probably... Alongside the kids, Saka, they're the only two that can really play that penetrating pass in our side at the moment. You mm. know, so I want to see more game time. Oh, it was at the door then, Fergus. He's back, look. <laughs> it wasn't even the doorbell. I, I, I need to sort out my internet that there's something wrong. I, I, my, all, all my speed tests are saying they're fine, but yeah. Um, oh, uh, yeah. So Stan has spoken. I've also got a message through... Atletico can't afford the fee for Torreira. So Atletico are now saying uh, they're skint and £27 million for Jorginho has been readied just waiting for approval from our lawyers. Come through there. So does that mean that party's not coming then? Uh, we don't want to disappoint Dan. Let's keep him on the boil for a little bit. You know, Dan, Dan has been adamant about Aurora and party. Let's let's finish this game. Um, Louise was a bit hit and miss. Um, uh, yes, look, I I think I go back to the Bellerin thing. Holding being dragged out to his position. Louise is always a little bit hit and miss. I don't think we need to go into that. I think you touched on it briefly before my internet went down. Start creeping into the midfield and and Sabias, um, uh made such a big difference. When you've got El Neni, and I know we got um, some graphics that Dan might be able to share with us in a second about El Neni and his forward passing and stuff, but Shaka was so, 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 so slow. And having El Neni and Shaka on the pitch at the same time, I think it was too negative. I know that was a tactic to absorb pressure and everything else, but we improved and had such more, uh, so much more attacking prowess when um, Tobias came on. Dan, do you want to stick up that um, graphic that we got that um, somebody shared with me? Let's stick that up here. So looking at um, El Neni, 
So Liverpool, oh, the doorbell's just gone again. <laughs> Liverpool, um, Mohamed Elmi, uh, two forward passes. So that he's got quite a, he's sideways, backwards. He's, he's sending everything back to Leno. And then obviously that gets passed out from the back. But he, he's generating quite a lot of movement, I think, and giving us, um, you know, some outlets. A- a- anything to add on that, lads? Well, I think with Mohamed El Nenny personally, he's a player that it keeps it simple. That is all he'll do. He's got no athleticism. He's got no creativity. He's got no drive in midfield. I think when you look at what... Uh, sorry, is that Kai's actual graphic? Is it really? It is, of course, yeah. <laughs> We've nicked his graphic. Oh, bless you. Uh, uh, cheers, though, Kai. <laughs> but when you look at the, the you know, two forward passes completed, this doesn't shock me. This is what El Nini does, you know. I spoke to Manny uh, yesterday and he gave El Nini a minus in his minus twos or threes. I personally thought that was harsh because I think El Nini does a good job in terms of keeping things simple. And I thought Chaka was a lot worse. I thought Chaka's off the ball and lack of mobility and just sheer non-athleticism was was embarrassing. And he got destroyed. He got absolutely, totally and utterly destroyed. And that's why I, t- I took him off. But we needed Sabios, and when Sabios come on, we had the energy, we had the drive, and we looked like we could make something happen, and we did. But our striker missed and- it. But that ball went through to him, and that's what we need. And, and Mohamed Elneny and Chaka are fine in the squad, but in the first eleven against the big boys, it's fine against Fulham. They can you can call them Vieira and Petit all you want, but against the big boys, Chaka and Elneny are not good enough, and it proved it on Monday night. See, mm. when Sabios, hey, what's happened here? When Sabios came on, <laughs> that that gave El Nenny the outlet, right? Because Sabios was finding the space and had the skills to take the short passes. What you've got to remember with that graphic there about with the El Nenny passing is that we're playing against the Liverpool side that are pressing high, pressing quick, and pressing hard, right? On top of every pass. So there's if we're trying to play it out from the back, there's going to be a lot of sideways passes. There's going to be a lot of backwards passes. I'm not making an excuse for El Nenny there. And another interesting point that come out of it was, and Dan, you just touched on it, is that when there's, when it was obvious one of them two had to go, Xhaka and El Nenny, and it was Xhaka that went off, not El Nenny. So I, I, I don't quite, not quite sure how to read that. I don't know what, what our talk is thinking about. But um, yeah, I, I agree with Heath there. I, I, I think that El Nenny was the better player on the night. Well said, Heath. Yeah, I agree, mate, 100%. Um, but we, if, if you if you've got to play, if you've got to play Xhaka and and El Nenny against a team that are pressing high and putting pressure on you for ninety minutes, that's fine. But you've got to give them that outlet in front of them. And when when Sabios came on, I thought that gave them their outlet. Sabios could pick the ball up and look to play our forwards into the game. Yeah, listen to me going strong with the tactics, boys. Stanley, I'll have the head coach job, son. You know, but it's um. It's 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 interesting at the moment, but what we mustn't do is, and, and I'm going to generalise it all now before you move on, Fergus. We've talked about positives and negatives here, but at the end of the day, remember it's Liverpool, the best side in the country. If you look at the last three times we've played them, we've beat them twice, they've beat us once. Look at it from that perspective, and we're a developing side. Don't get down about losing to Liverpool. Don't get down about it. Look forward to Thursday and see if we can turn it round. Yeah, we're we're going to get on to Thursday shortly. Just just finishing up on this game. Uh, finally, um, the forward line: Lacazette, 
uh, scored a fantastic goal. It was nine passes, I think, from a pass out from Leno from the back, uh, which actually started with Elneny back to Leno and then on to Tierney, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and uh, it was it was a really really good goal. Um, but he was very wasteful on a couple of opportunities where he could have could have scored. Uh, Maitland Niles could have uh, laid one off to the left to Aubameyang and he could have easily uh, tapped one in uh, rather than trying to take it down and make a, a super volley. Uh, he's, uh, according to Mem, not very good at passing uh, passing a, a ball. Um, but Aubameyang, people on Twitter, people on Facebook and on various platforms were saying stuff like, now he signed his contract, you know, uh, he's not interested anymore, easy and Ozil number two and all this. What idiots. He... <laughs> The reason the reason he was quiet was he got no service. He got a little bit of service when Sabias came on, but he was he, he overall was quite quiet. Listen, we went there with uh, a plan. The plan was to sit sit back, let them come on us, let them use their high press, and we catch them on the counter attack. If Lacazette was. Uh, a better finisher, and he doesn't sometimes need four or five attempts to score a goal. If he was a better finisher, we could have actually won that game, maybe 3-2, three, 3-3. Three, three. Um, we were in that game for 88 minutes. I was sitting in the pub, was talking to people, and I was saying at 85, 86 minutes, you know what, this still could be 2-2. Two, two. This We were looking and knocking on the door, 2-2. Two, two. And then, obviously, there was that uh, the, 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 the third goal that City uh, Liverpool got, um, and there was talk about T-shirt line handball. I've seen some graphics, but you never know how true they are. Uh, when I saw the replay, I didn't see any handball, but I've seen some graphics that show that uh, the ball hit Jota on his arm um, just below the T-shirt line. But, I don't know. Fergus, Fergus, let me rephrase what you just said. Did you say that Lacazette struggled to finish, or did you mean that the Liverpool goalkeeper... Came out well, stood up, made himself big, and made it really difficult for Lacazette to score. Just need to confirm no, what I did said, you mean? You know, I, I said I said Lacazette struggled to finish, and if you want to, be, to give you a bit more clarity, he shot it straight at the keeper, which made him look like he'd done really well and came out and and, and made it difficult for him to score. Not having it, not having it, <laughs> not having it at all. The goalkeeper came out. He did, he, he did a Schmeichel special. How many times did you see Schmeichel put that save off, pull that save off in exactly the same circumstances, in exactly the same situations? Schmeichel was a more than 50% saver of them shots, right? And, yeah, I think Lacazette maybe should have done better. I, I You know, maybe another striker would have scored, but he didn't. And And... He hit it and the goalkeeper was big. And But what people forget is, right, and you just touched on it as well, it's really interesting. Alba had a very quiet night, didn't he? Very quiet night. Even quieter than the quietest I've ever seen him before. And just after Lacazette, the goalkeeper saved that from Lacazette, the ball bounced out to Alba, you know, in a bit of space. And I thought, oh, here we go. And he blazed it about 30 yards over the bar and into what would have been a crowd, Alba, you know. So it was a bad night all round. It was a bad night all round against a good side. Um, yeah, maybe Lacazette should have done better, but I'm not having it that the goalkeeper didn't make a, make a good save there either. Good old Lacazette. I've got written down here on, on, on our list about to talk about Pepe. 
Dan, do you, do you want to talk a little bit about Pepe briefly? Because I'm looking at the time and so on. Um, he seems to be very, very one-footed. Myself and Trev touched on this on the last podcast. Does it concern you? Because it does me. It concerns me very much so. We need to find a system and watch this guy shine. He's got bags of talent. He's 25 years old. He has got one foot, but that one foot has so much skin in it and so much ability with it. And I think that what is needed is a central role. I don't like him on that right-hand side, cutting in on the left. Everybody knows what he's doing. People talk about Messi, Mares, Robin doing it for a living, but they were doing it consistently for 10, 15 years and getting away with it. And it was working. This isn't working for Pepe. So what needs to happen is we either need to sell him or we need to keep our record signing and say, let's get him into a system that works. If that means he has to come into a number 10, which I don't actually like, if I'm honest, or centrally as a striker, then so be it. Because as far as I'm concerned, he has got ability. The two best games I saw Pepe have was Anfield last year, where he was absolutely a men an absolute menace. And in the FA Cup final against Chelsea, where he came more centrally, they couldn't handle him because he's silky. He's skillful. He's got ability. Aubameyang and William were poor on the night because we couldn't get the service to them. We didn't get the balls over the top like I thought we needed to, but that was credit to Liverpool as well. Pepe came on and nothing really changed as far as I'm concerned. So he had a poor night and he took two of the worst corners I've seen in the, in, the, in my life. And I think that must only be because of our new uh, set-piece coach is trying something because otherwise I've got no excuses for what he was trying to do there. It was crazy. Pepe had a bad night, but I don't want to give up on this lad just yet. He's got a full season for me with one good manager no uh, no changing managers, no pandemic stopping the football. Hopefully, touch wood again, that doesn't happen. And let's see what he's like for his first full season in an Arsenal shirt because I don't really think that he had the chance last season to shine. So for me, I'm keeping my faith in him because I think there's a player in there. I, I'll add my, my tuppence, as I say. Um, I, I have my doubts. Um, I got told uh, by my um, my daughter's partner, uh, he's in Germany and um, Bayern Munich were looking at him and they just said he's just too slow on the, off the mark. Once he gets going in his pace and once he gets the ball on the right foot, he can be lethal. But it's that decision making at that point on that basis. I, I am concerned, I, I, you know, but for me, we've got Martinelli, we've got Saka, we can rotate people. So once we get Martinelli fit and we've got some options, we've got William. I'd, if I'm honest, I'd be probably playing William more than I'd be playing uh, Pepe at this moment in time, especially on that right-hand side. Um, I know that they're trying to look at options with Pepe and trying to bring him into more of a central role, uh, which means he can use technically both feet, but he, he can bring it onto his onto his left, which he uses. Listen, we got Liverpool again uh, tomorrow night in the fourth round of the Carabao, or the League Cup. Arsenal defenders Suarez and Socrates have returned to full training following calf issues. And the Icelandic goalkeeper Runarison, great, another difficult name for me, uh, could also make a debut uh, in this game. Liverpool will be without Thiago because he's tested positive for coronavirus. And Henderson is still out due to a knock that he took up at Chelsea in uh, 2020. Um, I don't expect to see a full strength uh, Liverpool side out. I expect to see a reason, well, a reasonably strong Arsenal side because I think um, I think Arteta has taken everything very, very seriously uh, to look at every route to get one silverware and just build a, a winning mentality. Um, Trev, what sort of lineup can you can you envisage, and what what's your thoughts about the outcome of this game? And also, a difficult one to call. 
Yeah, I, I think that we'll put a strong line out, Fergus. I, I'm a bit different with a goalkeeper choice. I'd, I'd like to see Leno play. I still think he needs the game time after his injuries. Yeah. And that Renarsson is, is very new to the club and maybe in a away game, although there's no fans in a away game in Liverpool, might not be where we want to start and give him his debut. You know, so I'd like to see Leno play. Um, I'd like to see Pepe start because listening to what you boys have just said about Pepe, you, you've nailed it once again in that Pepe. We've seen we've seen glimpses from Pepe that make you feel really excited, really, really excited. And he's just not fitting in right at the moment, whether it's a confidence thing, whether it's just the system, I don't know. But we need to get that man playing because he, there is a player in him, one-footed or not. I'm wondering whether we, he'd be better off on the left and he's got no chance of playing on the left because we've got a very strong left side of the field anyway with more people waiting to come back on the left. So I'd like to see Pepe play. I want to see Saka start. I'm sure Saka will start a game and it'll probably be the Carabao Cup side. Willock will be in, Nelson will be in, Ainsley Maitland-Niles will play. Um, Centre-half, who knows who will play at centre-half? I wouldn't have thought he'd play Socrates, would he? I don't know, but... Um, Who's the new lad? Mari is Mari about? And <laughs> hey, Fergus, stop biting in. Oh, by the way, stop swearing, Fergus. Twice tonight, I've listened to you swear on this show. We don't do swearing. Consider yourself what, told. One, one was an accident, which I did, was I think was because of my internet, and the, and the second one was directed uh, towards our illustrious owner, Stan Kroenke, wanker. Right. <laughs> So yeah, I, I think that we we'll have a very similar side out. I would think to the to the last round at Leicester, very similar indeed. And uh, as I say, every game, every game, I say it, I fancy us to win. But that's nothing unusual, Fergus. I think that we'll we'll go we'll go up to Anfield and and we'll feel that we need to to prove something after Monday night. Although it's a completely different competition, completely different teams. You know, there's a completely different incentive to the game. But I still think that Arteta will be giving the players that message. Come on, we got beat on Monday. Let's show them Thursday's another day and we've moved on nicely. So I, I, I really think we'll win. And, and Go on, sorry, Dan. That's all right, mate. Um, listen, I'm, I'm going to echo what Trevor said, but all I'll say is I think he may play a couple of stronger players because it's Liverpool. I'm with Trevor. I think we're going to win tomorrow. I really do. I just got a feeling because of what happened Monday, I think that they're going to be more in concentrate on the league, play their kids, and we're going to turn them over. Last season, we had 5-5 and penalty shootout. This season, I think we're going to do them. I really do. I expect Nelson, Willock and Ketty Errol to come back in like we did against Leicester, but with Sakharov playing and a couple of others, I think we may have... Um, have enough to beat him. So I'm confident going into this one tomorrow. Give us a score. Yeah, well, then, put yeah. that comment up from Mem again, please, Fergus. Put that comment up from Mem again, boys. Yeah. Uh, it's in, it's a really interesting comment from Mem because there, there's obviously something not going right. So it could be any of them things, Mem. It really could be any of them things with Pepe, but we, we really, I really feel there is a, I've got to reiterate because it's important. There's a player in Pepe and, and, and at the price he cost, there needs to be a player in Pepe, you know? Um, so let's keep our fingers crossed. Hopefully he'll play tomorrow night and he'll get a bit of space, maybe move a bit more central and we'll see the proper Pepe. Wouldn't it be lovely to see, eh, boys? It would, it would. Uh, Trev, Dan, score predictions for tomorrow night in 90 minutes. 
I'm going to go three two Arsenal tomorrow. I'm going to go. I'm going to go the same as I did on Monday when I was wrong, Fergus. I'm going to go two 0 Arsenal in ninety minutes. I'm going to go three one Arsenal. I do actually think that as strong as the squad that um, Liverpool have developed over the last couple of seasons, um, I think our cup squad is stronger than most other teams out there. Um, And the desire among those youth players uh, will uh, power them on. And if Eddie starts and then you've got um, Nelson, who played out of his skin, Willock, who played really well, um, uh, against Leicester, I, I can see us getting getting get, getting a result, and I'm sticking my my neck in the line, going three one. Um, briefly on transfer news, um, they're talking about Megan Niles going to Man U. Um, Torreira, well, we're talking about Atletico Madrid, but from the information I'm getting, is uh, that probably won't happen. Which means, Dan, and I'll, I'll, I'll point this directly at you, because in our WhatsApp groups that we're in, um, Dan has been adamant for six weeks now? Uh, yeah, probably a bit less than that. I'd say for the, last, the last three to four weeks, I've been adamant about Hossamua and Thomas Party in terms of him agreeing personal terms. I think a while's done. We're having to try no, no, and raise money for Party. And hopefully we're going to then get them both, them both to Arsenal, I said, by the 5th of October. Okay. And I'll still stand by that. I'll still stand by that. I think it will happen. I think it will. I think it's going to be very difficult, but I think that it will happen. I stand by it. And I believe by the 5th of October, Hossamawa and Thomas Party will be Arsenal players. I think the Awar one, obviously, is. I think that's pretty much done. Um, we're looking at some player sales today in Kalasanak, Mustafi, Torreira, which you've just updated us on. I'll let you come on with that one. I don't think Maitland-Niles are going to be United. I think that's, that, that's a madness offer as well, 22 million now. Double it and we might think about it. Uh, but Thomas Party, I think that we may do something with the Torreira thing, but I know that he's agreed personal terms to the club and wants to come to Arsenal, and I think it'll be done by the 5th of October. Right. Do you know what, mate? Why would Maitland-Niles go to Man United? Why would he go to a smaller club? Hey, Maitland-Niles won't go to United, I don't think. But and listen, Dan, I've got a question to ask you. Fergus as well, right? This has a, a what, AOR, WOR, or whatever his name is, right? Where would Where would he fit in that side on Monday night? Who would he play instead of and where would he fit? Just curious. Sorry, I took my headphones out there. I couldn't hear the question. Sorry, go on, Trev. Jesus Christ, Dan. I said, top this AOR, whatever his name is, right? AOR. Hossamawar, Hossamawar, right? yeah. I've, I've caught the Fergus disease here, right? <laughs> oh, if he was an Arsenal player last Monday night, where would he have fitted in the side? Who would, who would have been dropped and where would he have played? Well, this is a great question because I think personally Arteta is looking to go 4-3-3 when we get Hossamawa and Thomas Party because I don't think that he would sit next to uh, Granite Xhaka. Um, I personally feel what he'll do is go 4-3-3 which means David Luiz won't play. Um, and I think what will happen is he'll go with Danny Ceballos, Thomas Partey and Hossam Awar. That's the three that he, I think he wants. And once he gets those players in, he's, what's that? T- there you go. Tony Fame. Once Arteta gets his own players, we might not even play that formation. I get the impression long-term Arteta wants to play 4-3-3 spot on 
Mr. Tony Fain. That is exactly what he's going to do. And if we get these two lads in... Tony's always causing trouble. He's always causing trouble, that big Tony. He's only done (laughs) that to stir me up. (laughs) Sorry, Dacon. No, you're fine. And and then he's spot on. And that's exactly what it is. I think if Osama was to come into this team at the moment, obviously, listen, he would be moulded in. He can play off the wing, but I don't really want him there. Uh, He can play in a Fabregas type role. So is a kind of uh, in his creativity in midfield or as a number 10. So there's a few positions he can play. I love the guy. I think he's a beautiful footballer, but I want both. I don't want just one. We need both. One does not get us top four, in my opinion. If you were to choose one, which one would you choose? The better footballer is Hossam Awar. However, the player I would choose would be Thomas Partey because he is just what Arsenal need. If we do not get Thomas Partey or a player like him, We've still not addressed the issue of defensive midfield, which we have lacked for 15 years now. So I'm going to be saying exactly the same thing in this transfer window if we do not get a defensive midfielder. Okay. Dan, listen, sorry, folks. I'm biting in because I'm talking like we would be in the boozer, right? This is what we're all about here, right? So, see, if we don't... I've got this thing about Louise, right? When Louise plays well, Louise is the best defender in the country at times. But you, as you boys know, and I'm, I make no, I, I don't hide it. I think Louise has got too many mistakes in him, right? And I cannot for the life of me work out why we don't push Louise up the field as that defensive midfielder to play that party role that you just spoke about, Dan. He's played it before and he's been a superstar, you know? And, and we've got the central <laughs> defenders now that will allow us to, to play him in front of him, you know? And, and, and Louise has got the distribution skills that would allow him to do that as well. I, I, I do exactly. agree. We, 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 have, we have said this on here before, that he, when he was playing in the back four and people were calling calamity Louise, this, that and the other, we said he has got a place uh, that he could probably be better than Shaka in that role. Um, so, yeah, you've got a, you've got a great well, Georgie, Jorginho, Jorginho is just like Shaka. So we're just finding another checker if we get him. That does not excite me at all. No, it doesn't. It no, doesn't. me neither. What a waste of me 27 neither. million if that's the case. Mm. Just it's keep a... Torreira. Just keep Torreira and play him. Well, yeah. Torreira doesn't want exactly. to be. Torreira will go be lent to bloody, I don't know, uh, Barcelona D team or something like that. <laughs> so we're going to wrap this. <laughs> we're going to wrap this up. Um, but one last comment from um, uh, Scunny Mike. Um, for all the Martinez lovers, didn't Martinez play in that 5-5 game that we played last season? Um, and he also played in the 7-5 game against Reading in 2012. There we go. There we so go. That's 10 goals. 10 goals he's letting in two games. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll make all, the, all those Leno haters uh, feel a bit better now. Listen, Dan, um, Trev, thank you very, very much for joining us again. It's been a pleasure. It was, listen, it's an hour that's flown. Um, you have been watching Guns and Yellow Ribbons. All you, uh, how many did we have? I said 253 YouTube subscribers. Click that like button if you can. Uh, Facebook, we've got over 4,200 followers. On Twitter, we're over 700. And on Instagram, we're 135. Thank you very much for watching us. You have been watching an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Only one last thing to say. Up the arse. Up the Arsenal. Come on, you gunners. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.